So our friends at Ergo Motion have something going on. We wanted to get them right up top here. They do. Uh, as a matter of fact, they have a virtual event. It's an expo on October the 22nd. Uh, and you got to go check them out and learn how to earn more with the world's most innovative adjustable bed base. You can go to ergomotion.com forward slash expo, ergomotion.com forward slash expo. And you know what? Adjustable bases are huge, generating lots of profits. So do not miss that. October 22nd. Well, and coming up October 28th at 5 p.m., we're going to be giving the keynote speech at Nationwide's primetime event. I'm so excited because we've been on the Mattress University track for a few years. Yes. Now we're heading up to the main stage on the heels of astronaut Mike Massimino, which was amazing. How are we not going to screw this up following an astronaut? You know what? I have an answer to you. Kinsley and I got to talking about what we're going to do for this talk. And I can tell you this, uh, it's going to be completely different than anything we've done. Uh, there will be twists and turns and excitement, and we will take you on an emotional roller coaster ride all the while delivering you some really, really great content that could literally transform your business. So head over to nationwideprimetime.com. If you're a member, it's totally free. We can't wait to see you there. We're very excited this year. And then it's going to bleed right into social hour. And we're going to be there socializing and having some cocktails like we do. Is uh, Mike, Mike Whitaker going to be in a uh, dress again? He could very well be in a dress mm, again. It's possible. Enough of a reason to tune in. Something else we're really excited about. Look, and this, this happens before October 31st. Do you want a $400 Visa gift card? From Podium. That is the dumbest, up. dumbest question you have ever asked. Hands Who up. does not want $400? Hands up. So I'm in. this is the deal. Whenever, Both hands up. Whenever you sign up for Podium before October 31st, you're going to get a $400 Visa gift card, but you got to sign up. And here's the deal. If you're an existing Podium customer and you add a new location, you also get the $400 gift card. What? We're going to make it super easy on you too. You don't have to do anything. Pick up your phone right now. Text us. 843-MARCOS2, M-A-R-C-O-S, so 843-MARCOS2. We will personally, we will be your concierge service to get you set up with one of our good friends at Podium. How about that? Yeah, it's great. And no nudes, please. I know what you're thinking. Just don't even go there. <laughs> yeah, because he might text one of his back. No, and I then would it's gonna get never. really weird. You're about to embark on Park Dose with Brian Morgan, one of our favorite people in the industry, an incredibly creative thinker with a huge heart. And so this is part two. And here's the deal. I want to make sure you don't miss anything that ever happens. So if you miss part one, go back and listen to it. But here's an easy way to get subscribed. Text us 843-MARCOS2, 843-MARCOS, DOSE. And we'll get you signed up. We're using Podium for all of our communication. And so just text us and we'll text you right back. Make sure you're subscribed. Let's rock and roll with part two. Dos Marcos Podcast. It's the greatest mattress industry podcast on the planet. Wait, isn't this the only mattress industry podcast? He's Mark Kensley. I truly felt bad for you at the time. He's Mark Quinn. I think Bigfoot was actually very pleasant. Together. They are Dos Marcos. Um, I'll keep going. I don't know where I segued there, but. Well, hold on. Anyway. I, I'll, I'll do our reset. <laughs> I'll do our, That's I call cool. it my reset. So okay. we're talking with Brian Morgan, Austin's Couch Potatoes, <laughs> Furniture and Mattress. 
And the story continues and you have a great story and you're doing a fantastic job of telling it, but I'll, I'll, transi- it <laughs> I'll transition into something that I think is an, is a nice handoff. So you get into the sofa making business. So now whenever you go to Austin's couch potatoes, you can actually get a true Austin made product, which is amazing. And I know the local flavor in Austin is very distinct and I love breakfast tacos and that's why I love yeah. them in Austin. But you, let's, let's talk about another transition that happened that relates true. to your sofa making operation. And that was COVID and the shutdown yeah. and what happened inside your factory. You got to tell that story because on our phone yeah. call, I'm like, this one gets ushered to the surface. <laughs> yeah. So we're very new factory guys. You know, we've been at this for a year and a half um, building sofas. We're cranking out like 100 sofas a month. We think, man, this is crazy. But I'm looking at my margins and like, well, this is, I don't know if this is a good idea or not. But, um, you know, we had, you know, like I mentioned, you know, we have just a band of misfits making sofas and, and I've never done it before. So we're, we're learning as we go and, and uh, sourcing product and trying to get the, the flow down and we get hit with COVID and we're watching the shutdowns on the either coast and just kind of envelope right to Texas. It started in the East coast when just kind of like we're watching stores just close their doors and I'm checking in our peers from our um, buying groups that we're part of and friends groups that have furniture stores and, and it's just like, this is the end of the road. And so here we are, this inner turmoil, like every one of us has experienced that's a leader in this industry. I'm going to have to like close my doors. What do I have to do? I have to furlough people. How am I going to, I can't, I got to feed my own family. These people have families. What am I going to do? So that's weighing on us massively. I love my family. And I said, my work family, I'm like, I will not feed myself if they haven't been fed. And, uh, and we all feel the same way. And so we're trying to keep people on as much as we could. And so I'm pushing these factory guys. I know there's some open orders. I need that receivable. You guys crank, get that sofa finished. Let's get that delivered before the shutdown happens. And so they're working as fast as they can to get these sofas down and, uh, and finished and delivered and, um, COVID hits and, um, mid March and, uh, you know, we're just, wow this happens. And I'm like, in less than 24 hours, we often make this decision. What is this PPP? Nobody knows what it is, how it's going to work. And, and it was just crazy. And, um, you know, I go home and I'm just trusting God, God, you have a plan. You've never left us in the dark. And what are we supposed to do? And my brother, Travis, just jokingly says, you know, you got all this sewing equipment. You know, there's, you've been reading the news. I'm like, I didn't have time to read the news. I'm trying to just figure out what to do with our employees. He goes, well, there's a shortage on masks. I'm like, ah, we should make funny masks. And we're sending all these funny pictures back and forth. And, and, and so Dan, my business partner, um, and my brother Travis and I, um, you know, all night we just kind of were just wrestling with what are we going to do with our employees? And we all read the headlines, mask and PPE shortage. And so, collectively get on the phone in the morning and I said, guys, I think we're going to try making some masks for our fam, our work family, because they've all got kids and, you know, maybe a spouse is working at a restaurant or HPV, the grocery store or whatever. Let's try to help our family. And then we'll put a blurb up on social media and see if there's any of our customers who are like nurses or whatever doctors and see if we can help them. Um, but um, kind of to rewind a little bit, 
we didn't know how to make a mask. We just had sewing machines and we just learned how to sew. And so we, I began to look around our factory and uh, um, I'm like, what's a cheap thing I can make into a prototype? And I'm like a mask. We know it's kind of shaped like a cone or, you know, half circle thing on your face. And so I'm looking around and I have two giant rolls of this white material that we use for liner on our pillowcases that go in the back of the sofas. And it's, uh, it's super cheap, polypropylene. And, and so I just take apart an N95 mask and try to figure out how it's made. And, and I'm like, well, I need something that's white so people know it's a mask and, and really more focused on just something that I could breathe through and offer some kind of hope. And so I put one layer of this material over my face and it felt pretty good, but I could still smell stuff through it. And so I doubled it up and went over the sewing machine and kind of just did a real simple stitch um, on it here. And so I doubled up this material and this poly and, and, and just kind of made a real simple design, something that we could cut out on this machine. And we're probably one of the only, I don't know, there was nobody else in Austin that had this machine. When we decided to go into this factory thing, we really stepped out in faith. We bought a $130,000 piece of equipment uh, and it's an auto cutting fabric machine it's robotic. Okay. And so what we did is we said, if we're going to do this thing, we got to do it better or at least on par with all these massive manufacturers. So we bought this Autometrics fabric cutting machine and it's, it's taken our build time on sofas from hand tailoring and hand cutting a stenciled out couch, like 45 minutes down to 45 seconds. So it's all about speed. And so we made a template, put it over my face. It works pretty good. All right wow, I think we made a mask, you know, that's what we tell our, tell each other. And I'm like, well, how many do you think we can make? So I go plug them in the computer. My little, you know, hillbilly math thinks we can do about hundred thousand masks. And so we put the post on social media after we kind of made one. And while I sent Dan over to off, um, off to like to, to get supplies, cause I needed some kind of elastic to put around the headband to hold it on. And, and I'm like, I've already made the post online. We don't really know how it's going to work. But anyway, can't find elastic anywhere to like hold this onto your head. Everybody's sold out because everybody at this time, like this massive chaos. I need elastic, you know, like using underwear bands, probably trying to hold it on. And we go everywhere. Every Michael's, Joann's, none of those places have elastic. And I'm like, go to Office Depot. Let's see what they have over there. And the only thing we found were rubber bands and so we took a, a number 19 rubber band and I said grab a bag of them how much are they you know, ah, cheap and I said well let's figure it out and so this was actually one of my very first uh, prototypes that I made and um, we sewed a rubber band over the ear and uh, actually no this is like version 2.0 anyway we had four rubber bands that we would just loop to make a, uh, a mask and it would fit over your head like that. And, and, it, and, um, and it worked, it held on. And I said, my goodness, we made a mask. And so then we pop it up on social media and say, who needs a mask? We're giving away for free to our community. Let us know. I go home, don't check back in, go put the kids to bed. I come down and I open up my inbox on Instagram and Facebook and, and guys, it 
it was like the tears just fell out of my face and you're, you're just, and I can't, I'll share some of these with you so you can put them up on your screen a little bit, but it was just like, Hey, I'm, um, I run a nursing home and I'm on the front lines. I don't need masks. I'm scared of death for my own family. I don't know anything about COVID, but my patients, you know, they're locking the place down. We haven't had PPE, you know, absent owners at a nursing home, just, just, just craziness. Or, Hey, I'm the person that hands out the lunches at the public school. We have no masks, nothing. And I'm scared to death. Anesthesiologist. I mean, I'm big wigs in Austin saying, we'll take whatever you had. In fact, we just did training at this hospital, teaching people how to reuse their mask and spray stuff in it. And no one wants to do it. And they're scared. And, and it was like, in minutes, it was just like, bing, bing, bing. And this is off of a little social media post saying, we'll give you a mask. And I just said, my God, I know her God. And uh, that was a Friday. And um, that same day, we just furloughed all of our salespeople. And uh, it was tough. And so I put a message out to our team and I said, guys, um, to our factory, I said, guys, I don't know how we're going to pay you because, I mean, things are just going to be tight right now. But if anybody wants to volunteer this Saturday, this Sunday, um, we're going to make masks for the community. There's a lot of doctors and nurses in town that need masks and people on the front lines who need help. I didn't know it was this bad, but. I can't tell you what the risks are, are going to be. This is so early on. I mean, you're literally going to put yourself on the line and do everything that the, the state is telling us not to do. You're going to come to work. You're going to start helping people. And only two guys that showed up were two ex-murderers. I call them ex-murderers. Still hurt somebody, but what I saw after that day was a greatest redemption story. Someone who's spent 30 plus years of their life behind bars for taking someone else's life finally gets it. And in their own way, in their own way to find peace, they say, I'm going to come in, I'm going to give back and I'm going to help people. That is the story of salvage lives. Everybody is salvageable. And it was the greatest worship church service I could have ever seen with my own eyes to see that someone who is early on in life took someone's life, but now come and has, has, has come to join our family and started working and learned a skill. And now they're giving back. Now I'm getting paid. And to this day, our little factory couch potatoes has cranked out over a million pieces of PPE. Two days after those guys came in to start sewing voluntarily, I get a call from the Department of Homeland Security saying, get to work. They said, I don't know how you made this mask. They said, did you know that the material that you made out of this mask, Brian, is the same material in an N95 mask? And I said, are you kidding me? I don't know anything about FDA regulations or anything like that. And they said polypropylene, there's a layer of that in surgical masks and, poly, and, and, and N95 masks. And I said, well, we have 
two rolls of it. Let's just get to work, start making. They said, well, get to work, give them out. And there's a whole lot of behind the scenes stuff. I can share some pictures of that, the meeting with them. But um, they said, it's amazing to see that people still have the entrepreneurial spirit. He's like, we've been trying to get masks and PPE for weeks. We knew this was coming. And we never even thought about asking people right here in our city to help. We've been trying to source from overseas. There are same channels. And so I want to encourage everybody listening. It's like, you don't have to have a lot of letters after your name to do something amazing for your community. You've got that drive to be a businessman and, you're, and to be an entrepreneur. You can do amazing things and, and uh, don't let your past hold you back. But we left that meeting with another challenge. He said, our hospitals haven't had gowns in seven days. And I don't know if you guys have seen, Austin's still a hot spot for this. Um, he sent us with a gown um, to our factory. And I said, I think we can figure this out. And 20 minutes later, we took apart that gown, deconstructed it, made our own version of it. And we sent him a picture of us wearing a gown, one that we made. And he said, again, get to work. Bring all of your factory back to work. In fact, we not only brought our hodgepodge of like eight guys back. We brought 40 more employees that we hired and we started three shifts of making PPE. We brought in a team of 12 engineers that volunteered their time from Motorola to come in and teach us how to be better process engineers. We went from making a hundred pieces of furniture a month. We thought we could make maybe a thousand masks a day to 10,000 with their help. So these process engineers came in, they taught us how they do everything on their factory lines in the automotive industry. They taught us how to run a, a lean management system. They taught us how to, how to get maximum output out of your machines, how to put processes in place, starting with safety, obviously. And we were able to hire people who just lost their jobs, who were bussers and servers and cooks and, and family members of our hodgepodge of employees. And so now we have this much bigger team of people. And just overnight, our factory went from making a couple hundred, uh, you know, a hundred sofas. And now through all that pain and product sourcing and ripping, like you talked about, we now have an amazingly outfitted factory, still improving, but we're on target to start cranking out a thousand pieces of furniture a month. And I told everybody that came to work, I said, you're heroes. I mean, what you're doing today, and these were people that have been overlooked and, and, and now they're just bringing so much life change to our community. And, and one thing that we do, we firmly believe is giving, you know, all of our templates that we made, we shared with every factory that would hear my voice. I, I said, if I, I called the owner of Autometrics and I said, I want to know who has this machine. I want to teach them how to make gowns and masks. And so we had gowns and masks be made in Canada, Atlanta, um, um, North Texas, various other places. We got Serta on board making some stuff. And it was just really interesting to see all these people that just said, let's bring our people back to work. And it just started out of love. So anyway. <laughs> Brian, you can see just in, in the times when you reflect and you can see the emotion. I mean, if you're watching or if you're listening, you can probably hear it. And 
what what does that ripple effect look like inside your your walls in terms of the culture the the creativity people bring to the job like you said it's kind of a it's kind of a group of what some might call misfits that are now a family it sounds like a really unique place what what do you see whenever you well walk the halls so to speak or work the floor or go in the factories how do people interact what's that like Oh, it's, it, you get the, you get the, you get the nail on the head. It's, it's a family. And I think, um, when you've gone through pain, you know, uh, you know, with each other, you, you learn everyone's war stories. It really produces a, a companionship and they become closer than your own blood family. Really. Um, you know, through all this COVID, um, crisis it's brought us together in a sense that's been really amazing and so we started practicing something where um you know our chaplain obviously has been helping keep the peace you know and helping people with their personal family issues you know just you need to listen more during these times and so that's really helped but um we've started a a habit of of showing love and bringing comfort to each site so every month um our teams get together and one of their core goals that month is how are we going to give to someone on our team and these walls or one of our guests that come through our doors? What is something that we can do collectively to give? We're going to come up with our own idea. Brian's not going to create it. What are we going to do? And it's been car repairs. It's been, Hey, we're going to pay this employee's rent. We're going to pull our own funds. And it has just created this beautiful, beautiful, family you know and a family person our family unit hurts we hurt with them right we 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 don't just like avoid them or say get away from us if you're sick or hurting or you're tired or you're broke no you come behind them you lift them up and so the culture shift has happened and if people it's really made interviewing really fun and easy you know it's like we 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 ask people what shapes your values you know and what experiences shape your values? And if it's all like me, me, me focused or whatever, and not people focused, we know that they're not going to be a match for us because ultimately our greatest investment are the people. Um, so when you're walking down the halls, um, you know, people's first name, it's really important. You know, their story. And I don't even, unless it's going to impact some kind of, legal parameter when we hire someone out of a tough place unless it's going to be at risk to other people obviously we have we have we have boundaries and safeguards but i don't ask them what their crime was i don't ask them what their offense was that's that's that is not who you're label you're labeled as anymore you come to work for us we we hire you for the job that's in hand can you do this? Yes or no? Not for what you did before. And that sense of respect that you give to those people just lifts them when they're not labeled anymore. You say, I'm hiring you. When you come to that, when you cross that threshold to come through couch potatoes into our factory, into our stores, you are now Richard. You are the lead salesperson or whatever it might be. So that's been really fun to do. Oh yeah, there is no doubt in my mind, Action Funk Music 
is the official soundtrack of Door Counts. Because Door Counts is all about taking action to get out of that funk. The funk of not knowing. Door Counts is the smartest way to count retail traffic and then do something with that traffic and have proof and tie it to sales results. Our friend Luis Lopez actually won the door count system, installed it in one of his stores, saw how well it worked. He went out and purchased the system for all of his other stores. And he said, as soon as that camera went in, boom, difference maker. I knew that the minute I would install that camera in my store, I was gonna be able to see why people were coming in, where were they coming from. I was gonna make better decisions on my uh, marketing tools. I was gonna make that person accountable to, to show the importance of uh, to our salesmen of every person that comes through the door and how much it costs us to bring that person in. All of that stuff ties in together and then you know the CRM to follow up with the customers and uh, after they come in the store has elevated our sales incredibly. It's been a couple months that we've had it and I can already see the results. I've seen a 60% growth in our sales for the entire year. Right now on your phone or computer, go to doorcounts.com, book a demo, tell them Dust Marco sent you. <laughs> one of the, so cool one of the things, Quinn, you go. I was just gonna say, you know what's so, so cool about that is <clears throat> the, the redemption obviously is part of it, but the fact that they, um, you're not asking the question yeah. uh, is, is also you saying, don't care, like yeah. your experience with me, how yeah. I'm going to look at you starts right now. It's yeah. not what was a year ago. It starts right now. We are fresh and clean and I'm going to show you love and respect and you, you, where it goes from here is kind of up to you. Um, so I love that. And a question that popped in my head, um, Brian is when you, when you had those two guys show up to give their time to make the PPE and they were the guys that were in transition and what, what impact and, and no one else had shown up, what impact did that have on the other people as they saw these two guys who are the most unlikely leaders yeah. show up and, and, and step up and, and come forward that way. What did that do to the rest of the people? Well, I quickly sent pictures out to our family, you know, and told people like, look who's here. We had other people come the next day and, and it was beautiful. And, and, um, mm -hmm. it just sparked this fire when there was disunity. Um, the, 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 the struggle became the unifying thing. You know, it's like, Hey, none of us really know how this COVID thing's going to work out, but these guys were attracted to a challenge and they began to work together and they realized that, wow, that person, I, even their, even their coworkers probably labeled them after small talk, you know, but wow, that person's genuine. He really has changed. And so when you back up, the words of change with action, it just amplifies. And, and so that's, that was just so beautiful. And, and um, it, it's, it's really put fuel on our fire, our business, you know, because now it's like, well, what's the next big challenge? You know, now we got this factory going and, and um, in all the midst of that, we were in the process of a new partnership with these, the furniture mall of Kansas guys. And, and, um, 
isn't that amazing mentors, uh, Jeff and Jamie Winter. And, you know, we were hoping that this same mentality spreads to them and their stores in Kansas. And, and so we came up with this uh, to kind of build unity there because now they're partners of my company. Um, we said, you need to help your community too. And so this was kind of our first test. Um, we sent blanks. So what blanks are, I cut them out on my machine, the masks, and then we engaged the community to pick up blanks and the raw materials. Oh my gosh, I can't even tell you this. This is one of the biggest parts of this story. So we capped out, we maxed out our capacity for sewing. And then I just was sitting there one day and I actually ordered food in and they brought food to me. And I'm like, I know what we gotta do. We've got to solicit the community into the fight. And so I immediately started emailing our local church we go to and I just said, hey, do you think there's any people in Austin that have sewing machines at home? that would want to do something. And then I told some other volunteer people in Austin, I said, Hey, do you think you can just see if you got any volunteers? Like, well, we have volunteers, but nobody wants to show up because they're scared right now to do anything. Our city wanted to help, but just like where your guys are at, there's so much fear about leaving your house to go and help and help the front lines. And so our team came together and I said, why don't we bring, the opportunity to volunteer to their doorstep. And so what we did is we, um, we built out through technology and using uh, forms online, we built out a way for people to volunteer and say, hey, I'll do the temperature check. Here's our standard operation procedures. I, want, I have a sewing machine, I'll clean, I'll check my temperature, all that stuff. Um, we did a YouTube video teaching people how to sew at home. I said, pull out your grandma's sewing machine. We're going to teach you how to do this. If you've been wanting to get in the fight, but you're stuck at home and you're out of Netflix shows, take 50 kits, this is 50 masks in your own living room after the kids go to bed or you want to engage your, your teenagers into this giving back, clean everything off, watch the video. Um, we wrangled over 130 drivers to come and pick up packaging of kits that were made. We had volunteers come and just pack up um, kits and um, they, they would go and deliver just like an Uber route, you know, and drop off on their doorstep. They would text them using Podium and saying, hey, your, uh, your kits at your doorstep, pick it up, text us back when it's ready to be picked up. We had admin volunteers who were just so gifted at admin stuff, routing drivers to go back and pick it up. We had 250 sewers all over the city that were sewing. And so we had this massive arm of volunteerism that was birthed out of this little mask idea, putting people in the fight to help their community. And it was unreal. And, and so then it's like, well, goodness, well, how, we don't know, what if we're spreading COVID by doing this? And so then we had a friend of ours who used to be the head of forensics of the city of Austin, he said, I'm going to teach you how to do this, guys. I'll, and so he helped us build a, uh, a black light system, a UV light system to zap everything. And then another guy who was just brilliant scientist, he said, well, uh, the COVID dies at certain temperatures. So he taught us how to just get it to a certain temperature without mel melting the thing. And so just all these different people and using their abilities to help us get masks in the front lines of, of our uh nurses and doctors and um then we 
started looking for other places to give. And we started opening up giving to anyone that needed it. Um, um, if you're an elderly person, we will use the same delivery process. We'll bring it back. We'll sanitize it. When they're going to deliver stuff off, we'll drop off masks at your doorsteps. And you can go to the doctor and so you can go to the grocery store. And it's just, it was just beautiful. It was so beautiful to see people help. And um, when I think about it, it's huge. I don't even know. I haven't, I haven't really thought about it much since then because I've just been, it's tiring. <laughs> um, yeah. Brian, I, it's, it's not hard to pick up themes of being involved in the community and giving and really caring for people and being there for them to meet their needs and proving your values through your actions. And I remember when we first got in touch, you, you said something about partnering with Austin City Limits. And of course, Austin yeah. is a huge music town and it's known for my beloved breakfast tacos, but I think music probably takes the top tier and, <laughs> and you have a lot of bars that have closed down permanently. Yeah. And so those bar owners are suffering and the musicians yeah. that gigged in those bars are yeah. not playing as many venues tell yeah. talk about that story about what you're doing in the yeah. venue and the Austin city limits partnership. Yeah. So this, um, this new store that we're opening the furniture mall of Texas, um, be a hundred thousand square feet full of experiences. We know that the future of retail, um, if you don't evolve, um, and really change the times and make it more about the experience, we've always, you know, hit every sense. Yes, but take it up a notch why can't the furniture store be a place to hang out at Friday night? You know, um, you hit the nail on the head. There's not very many bars that are letting artists come and perform right now. It's, it's nil, you know, and if singing is ever done again, it's nil. But um, so Austin city limits is you've all grown up watching PBS and you'll see like, here's an old recording of Johnny cash, you know, singing, uh, ring of fire on, you know, Austin city limits. And so what we decided to do is so let's, 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 uh, build a partnership with them and really, um, explore building some synergy by putting, um, in a 150 seat theater, that's going to be made up of a ton of different recliners from different manufacturers. We're putting a stage, um, in our uh, motion department of this new store. And it is going to be a, uh, a platform for local musicians to come um, and perform on the weekends or any night of the week and not charging, you know, we just want to tell the community come here safely, obviously. And we're going to be selling all the Austin city limits merch that you only see at the airport or in their, um, um, in their uh, concert hall typically. And so um, we're excited to do that and, and kind of, be the first place in Austin, you know, when people come here to town, we're still known as being the live music capital of the world, but they're going to come see me first, get their mattress or their sofa, might as well tell them about Austin city limits and say, Hey, keep supporting local art. Um, but that stage, it's going to be used throughout the week. You know, when it's 120 degrees outside, okay, guys, this store will have AC. I'm excited about that. But I've got three little kids at home. We look for places to go with our kids in the summer. You can only go to I, um, Ikea or Target for the free cookies so many times, but we're hoping to have kids programming on the stage where it's 
we're going to read a book. We'll bring in some skits and acts, or uh, we'll do. We might watch, you know, whatever Disney movie uh, is going to be on that day. But really, just kind of creating a hub space for um, creatives to hang out and still do business, do amazing business. Um, our cafe um, will have old-fashioned prices. You know, it's. Um, I think it's more of a marketing thing than selling a cup of coffee. We want you to come and see me for breakfast every day and get your quarter cup of coffee, whatever it's going to be. It's going to be super cheap, but I also want you to come back Friday night and see the live music. I want you to do a daddy daughter date and have a cup of hot chocolate right here in our store and, and um, come take a, a ride around our 20,000 square feet track of, of, uh, a raceway that we have in the store for kids and adults to ride tricycles. It's going to be bonkers. And, and all while sharing our um, famous family frozen custard, everybody comes in our, our family in Kansas, we call them our family now too. It's like we're a blended family. Um, they have really invented all these ideas. Jeff and Jamie winter. Um, Jamie actually uh, has a digital company to tell you guys about tools to win. Um, where he helps furniture stores all over the nation analyze statistics, you know, and, and it's like bringing all that reporting off of your legacy software into one place. And so we couldn't think of a better partner, someone that's forward thinking, that loves furniture and is already doing so much for our industry partners. We said, let's do a store together and you, you do what you do well. You do big furniture stores really well. We bring the community loving piece, the heart behind it, and and we're just going to create an experience like no other. And uh, um, I know that we're going to bounce back from this COVID thing, and um, I'm looking forward to it. I kind of feel like Willy Wonka a little bit. <laughs> Sounds like it. I mean, as soon as you said adult-sized tricycles, I'm like, that really sealed the deal. That was the cherry on top. You know, and well, I, I have to say, though, it seems like something to me like, Furniture Mall of Texas, it just seems like it would magnetize a guy like Chuck Norris. I don't know. I'm just making. I know. Stuff up. Hey, I'll leave that little seed there. We are, we are looking at holding our own election for the. We're we're taking some, um, you know, if you want to throw your hat in the ring for being the first president of the Furniture Mall of Texas, you might be running against Chuck Norris. I'm a my my lips are sealed right now. But we are uh, we are taking uh, candidate suggestions right now, so we could do a mark and mark ticket. Yeah, I mean, Good. yeah, Kinsey, no, no vice. Yeah, yeah, they're both well, presidents. Very so, presidential. So two things, you know, Kinsley and I are musically inclined to some degree. Ooh. So he plays a guitar. I play harmonica. We sing a little bit. I mean, I could see us up yes. there. Yes. Or we, yes. we also produced a rap uh, a rap song together. That's right. You know what I'm saying? So I think we could go lay that down too. That's another thought. Um, but the other more serious. I love thing, it. But you got to get up there with us. That's the, that's okay. the mandatory. You did invite us down. I'm going to remind you. You yes. invited us down for the opening of Furniture Mall of Austin. So I can't wait for that. Yes. Yes. But yeah, Kinsley and I are reading a book now. Um, and it's called The Experience mm -hmm. Economy. And uh, one of the things he pointed out to me was the chapter on, I think it was chapter nine, Kinsley. It was the chapter on, uh, so it's one thing to create an experience, right? So you come into a store and there's cool stuff there and you experience something. 
but it's entirely a different thing to create transformation, right? So with what you're doing, um, it's, it's not just an experience where they come in and there's cool stuff, but it's transformation. And it's not, not just transformation for your people because the people in transition and what, what all of that means to them and what it does to them as human beings and then the other employees that see you serving people the way that you are and how it inspires them and the chaplain that comes in and chap works with people. But it's also um, your, your customers. Like there are transformational experiences with them too. And I don't know of many people in this game, which you're playing a different game. Clearly, you're not just selling furniture, but there's not many stories like that. So I just wanted to point mm -hmm. that out. Um, and what a cool thing it is uh, that you're gonna that you're able to say that you are uh, in the transformational experience game, and that's a huge, huge deal to be able to say that. So well done. I steal that from you. <laughs> that's awesome, man. Well, I just stole it from Kinsley. So <laughs> make sure. Yeah, I love it. I love it. It's yeah. Yeah, it's, it's neat. And I didn't even mention, we're going to have the Austin market too. There's tons of local artisans that have just lost their normal avenues for selling. And so it'll be kind of like a version of Etsy in there, um, just giving them a platform. But you know, what's so neat about that? You know, you, you see it as, oh, that's so charitable too. But man, from a, from a, you have a lot of entrepreneurs that listen to this. I mean, all of those local craftsmen, have their own followings too. And so it's, it's just as much as a marketing expense too. It's like, man, I could put a, an ad in a newspaper or I can help the community by giving them a few square feet in my store to attract their client base into my store. And then it just, then they tell their socialites, come see my product at Virtual Texas. So just thinking out of the box, and the way we advertise and reach people, it's got to be different um, going forward. And, and, and I think that's, that's something that we're really trying to do. Hey, and, tell, us, yeah. tell us about your friendship uh, with, with uh, Jeff and Jamie Winter and how that yeah. bubbled up. And that, that's kind yeah. of a unique thing for you're in Austin, they're in yeah. Kansas. You <laughs> obviously, how did that all start and then lead to what is about to happen? Yeah, so um, we were we were looking for um, mentorship. You know, we didn't know this business. We made a lot of wrong turns, <laughs> obviously. And, and in 2017, we saw this store got voted as the number one furniture store in America out of 200 million then. And then Rims to Go um, uh, was, was over 200 million. I'm like, wow, these people are really good. And then we were, we were shopping, um, relationships for buying groups. And, uh, um, I'll mention the one that we, uh, we joined. Is that okay? Um, but we joined furniture first and, and what I liked about that buying group was it was, um, furniture focused obviously, but small knit family. That's kind of our thing. Um, a couple hundred furniture stores, but what's neat about it is just to be even on their books, you have to pay your bills. You know, you have to have a really good relationship with all your vendors and they really do a good job of control, controlling the distribution uh, around the country. So not 50 people in Austin are going to be in your buying group. So it really was like, wow, this is what, excuse me, what we needed. Um, 
Um, and so we joined, we went to one of the first meetings and I'm like, wow, we are the youngest people in here. Okay. I'm like, we need to bring some life to this. And uh, it was exciting to see in the last few years seeing, and it, it kind of spawned with some of our ideas. I remember sharing um, about Podium because like you share your best idea. And I told everybody about Podium, you've got to use Podium. It's amazing. And, and uh, people started jumping in and using it and they started, wow, Brian, you're an innovator. And I'm like, all I did was say, use this app. It's amazing. It helped us build our reviews and, and you've got to do it. And, and then they said, well, we do these groups for sharpening future leaders. We call them um, um, like, like consulting groups. It's a knit uh, buying, um, we call it performance groups. Yeah. And so we have uh, an opening in this group and it's got some heavy hitters in there, but I think you would really get sharpened. And one of the, the, the families, and it was the Winter family with the Furniture Mall of Kansas. And I said, yes, I want to always be the underdog and a learning experience because I want to try to reach and, and just be a sponge and learn as much as I can from people who are doing it really well. And so that began our relationship with them. We joined their buying group and we just always kind of felt like natural conversation, not trying to push it, but we just always hung out after the events and just talked and we found out we had the same philosophy in business and, and how you treat people. And it's all about finding solutions for your guests. It's all about having fun, kind of fun. And, and, and I'm like, just kind of stored that away one day and just woke up one night, Dan and my business partner, just like, he told me, he's like, man, we got to do something with these guys. I'm like, yeah, well, we don't have any money. You know, we've got, our, you know, no banks want to give to furniture stores. Right. And so, uh, we have to like organically grow this thing in Austin. It's like really hard to do business in Austin, like trying to get real estate. And so I stepped out in faith and I said, here's what we're going to do, Dan. We're going to find, this is how I, I hooked the winters. As I said, let's find the piece of real estate first. Let's paint the rosy picture. All right. And then we'll ask. And so we found a building and then I, you know, send them the ask and say, Hey, what do you guys think about this building? Oh, it's a lot bigger. It's probably bigger than what couch potatoes can handle. And I said, exactly. What do you guys think about coming down? So after about two or three asks like that, they finally warmed up to the idea and said, man, I did my research on Austin and pre COVID it was like 135 people a day are moving here to Austin. So it's just booming. And so those guys were like, all right, let's try this. And I bet if you ask them today, they're like, wow, we didn't know what we're getting into because this has been a lot of work. Um, but now they bought into their, their family of ours now. Um, so we are um, kind of operating as uh, doing this big store together. And, and so it's been really fun. Um, what you don't know about these guys is they're both engineers. And so just having like an analytical mind behind um, the numbers and the strategy. Jamie is probably one of the most humble people in the world. He was, uh, his former career actually was hired to set up the Toyota factory in China. And so what better partner uh, to, to launch this? And um, they're fun guys. What I love about them is they have youthfulness and, and uh, Jamie, much like us is always looking for different things in the industry. And he 
a lot of our peers in our industry use um, profit systems or other or stores or whatever. This guy puts on his engineering hat and says, I am tired of pulling reports on this old legacy software. I'm going to figure out a way to make this streamlined to help our family at Furniture First. And so it was just a thing that he just kind of built for his own store. And then he rolled it out. And, and now I think they, I, I, I heard him say on the phone the other day, like 175 stores are using his tool that he made. But what it has done for our little store at Couch Potatoes is we were able to reduce our in-stock inventory in our warehouse $130,000 and not skip a beat in business. We just had the wrong inventory in stock. And so he, he took that past experience that he had and he built a tool and, and, and it's amazing. It's just, it's actionable information. And so that's my plug for tools to win. But um, I really love surrounding myself with people who think out of the box and, and um, it's exactly what we needed. Um, our company, we're all heart, you know, heart, oh, hug everybody, help everybody. It was a perfect pairing, you know, brains and heart, you know, and we got hands, you know, and so it's just been really good to see how now we have a team of five owners and um, they already have the experience on running a large company. Um, what we've been able to do is bring all that beautiful color of serving your people and building a team and and serving the community on top of that amazing organizational structure they have. And so we feel it's going to be amazing. Um, I don't know if you want to keep recording on, but anyway, our dream right now is to take the couch potato brand nationwide and kind of like a, an article or a joy bird or something like that. We feel like um, that's what we're gearing up to do and also open smaller boutique type experience-based shops for, for the couch potato brand sofas. And then we feel like the furniture mall is still going to be that place where you need to touch and feel and see everything. Um, you get to experience it all at the mall. And uh, yeah. When is that going to launch? When are you going to open up the furniture mall at Texas? <laughs> well, I'm going to leave that at the permit ladies uh, uh, answer at the city. Um, so it's been hilarious. Um, we were hoping to open July that permitting slowed it down, but we did just get um, a lot of um, headway there. Um, so we looked like we we're opening early December grand opening, um, maybe a little bit sooner, but that's what I'm in for right now. When will be Santa Claus? He'll come down. He puts on the suit. He looks great. Oh, every day, every day is Santa Claus. Um, I, do the, I do the Easter bunny. I don't think I'm that good at Santa Claus. Although oh. I am building a belly for it with all the COVID stuff. I can't seem to get in the gym enough. You know what I'm saying? You know, yeah. you got a great, great. I mean, the, the camera really thins you out. You look great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. We have a uh, tricycle race. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. definitely. We're doing that. Yeah, uh, we're doing awesome. that. And we're going to have a wrap. Gonna, off, we'll have a wrap. And we can maybe do some, uh, yeah, bring some local artists in and you guys do a little wrap off or something like that. We can do a battle of the bands or something. I don't know, something like that. We're actually, <laughs> two, our book launch is right around that time too. Yes. So come down yes. and talk to well, we, 
I would love Quinn, to bring Quinn will come down and he'll read the entire thing from that stage to everybody, the whole book. They'll love it. It'll be a rage. Everyone goes to sleep immediately. <laughs> it would be really fun. I used to go to this um, event in New York City called Socrates in the City, and it was really interesting. It was like intellectuals, but they would bring authors in and they would just interview them. And my dream is to, it's kind of like the Barnes and Noble meet the author kind of a thing, but I would love to interview you guys on the stage or something like that and just ask you questions or whatever and have some fun uh, with that. We'd love to come. And um, you're always welcome. (laughs) I I tell you, Brian, we, based on the phone call, Kinsley and I, so we guys, uh, if you're listening to this, we, um, a lot of times have a a pre-call prior to the the podcast sometimes to just, meet whoever we're going to bring on if we don't know them and learn a little bit. And so Kinsley and I kind of hung up from that call and we thought, you know, this is exactly the kind of person that we love to shine a light on because, you know, from our perspective, it is all about that. And we just want to make sure that people are hearing these stories because they do inspire. Um, You are definitely uh, doing God's work out there in Austin, Texas. Um, The heart you have for your people and for the people who come into your business and for the people that you're giving a second chance to, uh, all of that uh, inspires me. Uh, I know it inspires Kinsley. And we're so grateful that you took time to, to be with us on the show and to uh, share the story because I know as people listen to this, um, they're thinking of things for themselves. They're trying to figure out how to implement similar uh, types of things for their own stores and uh, the the light one match to darkness just you know it makes a huge yeah. difference and so I, I, I feel like that's yeah. what you're doing and you've done it for us uh, you've inspired us and I know that you've inspired this audience so thanks for who you are thanks for what you're doing and thanks for the the outcome and the impact you're making on people thank you thank you can I leave with one thing and this is something that I tell everybody um, if you're breathing, God's not done with you. So if you're that discouraged business owner, don't know how you're gonna turn the corner, take a deep breath. And um, just know there's a story, it's bigger than you and you will overcome it. And um, I pray for everybody. And that's just something I do. That's how I close out every interview, every interaction. Okay, if I pray for you guys. Please do. It would be be awesome. Thank you. Yeah. And we're done. done. God, thank you so much for my new friends. And thank you for those listening in. I pray that um, if people are wondering where you are right now, that you would show yourself up. You could not have put people in a more difficult situation. Is sometimes what I think. And, uh, but God, Every time when I met my end of my rope, you always show yourself. And so with a little bit of hope. And so I ask that everybody listening right now would experience that hope. That they would stay in the fight. That they would come at it with a new perspective. And yet I ask for um, these men and their voice in this podcast that it would be delivered and played over those who need it. Who need it in the moment that they're in. If they need encouragement with a strategy or a um, tool or whatever, 
yeah, just played at the right time. And um, thank you for the ability to, to serve you um, in this capacity. And people last forever. And that's how we will invest our life forever. God, you receive all the glory in my pray. Amen. 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 There's no better way to end a podcast. This is the best by far. And you're a good man, Brian Morgan. And I hope your story gets told over and over and over again, because people are going to walk away figuring out how they can be a better person and have an impact on more people's lives. We appreciate you very much. You guys, honored to meet you guys. Love y'all. Hugs. <laughs> I'm all ears. I'd love to help any way we can. And, um, and um, we'll keep in the flame of Dos Marcos. This is exciting. You can bounce on it. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, bounce with it. What is a hybrid? It's like peanut butter jelly, peanut butter chocolate. Hybrid so tight, there's no way that you could topple it. Hybrid on my wrist, that's a calculator watch. We add ourselves together and we take it up a notch. Got the airflow, yo, keep you cool as it get. Visco foam alone to make you drip sweat. Get a hybrid mattress, yes, you'll get better rest. Cool and comfortable, hybrid like a sweater vest. You know the game, we're ahead of the sun. Cause the two of us together are way better than one. Cause I'm cool. As ice. And I'm hot like a heater. Bounce by the ounce. Now, now we, we got, got it by the leader. Well, you take a spring and you wrap it up right. You can sleep so smooth or bounce all night. Yeah. Put two together, get a whole lot more. Get the feel of the comfort core. You can bounce on it. Lay back, you don't have to practice. The best thing to happen to your mattress. Yeah. Get together to do it like I did. Everybody get hybrid. You want somebody to get in your vicinity You probably want to feel a little bit of a hybridity Foam alone? Out of five, maybe one star Springs and foam, we're taking care of that lumbar Mad back support The best way to shack up or just get rest It won't mess your back up Like a hot chick mixed with a particle physicist Or a mullet party in the back of the business Best of both worlds like Mars and Venus The ultimate hybrid Nothing short of cheap Keeping it loose while keeping it tight We can make you sleep or play all night Put two together, get a whole lot more Get the feel of a comfort core You can bounce on it No stopping when the beat gets played back Springs keep it popping, phone keeps it laid back Party over here, get invited Everybody get hybrid What kind of bed do you keep back there? Does your girl want to chill on a beanbag chair? Hell no! You need springs and foam Cause if that bowling ball don't bounce You'll be sleeping alone And if the bed don't react Then you can't get low We got that type of bounce That won't spill your Merlot So stick with us And you'll get rewarded Cause I'm so gentle And I'm so supportive is where the magic is. And we just killed a song about mattresses. Oh!